Welcome to Hort Culture, where a group of extension professionals and plant people talk about the business, production, and joy of planting seeds and helping them grow. Join us as we explore the culture of horticulture. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. I am very excited today because we have our first guest. Mm. We have our first guest. I'm just like pumping the air right now. I'm really excited. It is. Yeah, Brett, what fantastic human have you brought on the show with us today? Well, Maddie Greider from uh, KCAR, the Kentucky Center for Agriculture and Rural Development, has agreed to join us today. And as we were getting a little warmed up, I think she may have been both excited by the prospect of joining and a little uh, concerned by how just absurd we are. Uh, but she's going to roll with the punches, I think, today. And if you're not familiar with KCARD, we'll get into that a little bit here in a few minutes. Probably the number one most referred to organization that I, when I work with producers, uh, a lot of have a lot of respect for the work that that organization does. But we get a double feature today because she's going to be talking about KCARD. We're going to be talking about producer grants. But Maddie's also a plant person, and uh, as any good reasonable person leaf? is, yeah, she's a true leaf. <laughs> and so, Maddie, welcome. Maybe just say a little bit about yourself, what you like about plants. You know, being outside. I know, I know you maybe have tuned into a couple of the previous episodes, so you kind of get the drift. But uh, we're so glad that you're here to to share with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm very happy to join today. A little bit about me. Currently, I am the communications and marketing associate at KCARD. Uh, my background, I grew up on a cattle and tobacco farm in little old Monroe County. Um, I was always active in FFA, ended up going to Western Kentucky University. I studied originally ag education eventually followed my love for plants into studying horticulture and also studied literature and professional writing on the side. Oh man. Cool. It's a great combo. I love it. I love it. Monroe County represent. What What is your high school mascot? The Falcons. Oh, oh that is, is that the random question of today? We always have these random intro questions yeah. for conversation generation. <laughs> Alexis, is that it? Alexis is low key looking to get into falconry, so maybe. Uh, okay, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, I wouldn't call it low key, but <laughs> primary objective. I maybe wanna, I didn't want to speak. <laughs> One day I'll have hobbies, and that will be my hobby. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that was my elementary school uh, mascot was the Falcons, and then I grew up and went to high school, and then it was the Eagles. You see what they did there. You see what oh, they did? Wow. I see that. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. <laughs> like a Pokemon evolution kind of situation. Exactly. <laughs> Got to catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> so, Maddie, uh, I, what's your you you mentioned? Do you do you like to get into kind of gardening stuff? Are you houseplant person? What's your what's your rea- interactions with the, the horticulture choice. world? Yeah. So all of the above. I really enjoy oh, yeah. landscaping. Um. Mm. I did an internship at an arboretum in Bowling Green during the fun college years. And that's where I already had a love for plants, but that's where I found kind of the real life world of plants and learned more about them. So landscaping, houseplants, though I don't always treat them well, sadly, it just means those plants aren't hardy if they die. It's their fault, not That's yours. Right. Right. It's, it's just, a horticultural principle, not your fault. It's liver <laughs> I see a die plant in the background. Yeah. 
What was That's the what was the arboretum one. called? <laughs> oh, we, for we, I know that this is not a video podcast, but we see a, that Maddie has a plant, but she just gave herself away. I would have never have known the difference. We didn't have that kind of resolution. So. Yeah. What was the hey, arbor- okay. What was the Bowling Green Ar- Arboretum called? Give him a little yeah. shout out. It's the Baker Arboretum. Oh, awesome. nice. I haven't been there. I don't think I've been there. I, my brother lives in Bowling Green, so I feel kind of guilty for not having visited that uh, arboretum there. I'm going to have to check that out next time. Sounds I think cool. I've heard that they have really great collections just like mm. of different um, like pines and stuff like that. Oh, or I'm a pine boy. <laughs> the pine boy. <laughs> I am a pine Brett boy. just wants to be some sort of boy. And, and boy has a B-O-I-S. Boys. B-O-I. Seems like B-O-I. Boy. Boy. Boys. Pine boys. boys. Yes. I'm a little just pine a, boy. Just boys in general. <laughs> Brett's a pine boy. I have no idea what a pine boy would be, but it probably smells fresh and clean. Yeah. Um, yeah. So not a, not a terrible He's a thing. bonsai boy. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that's cool. I like that a lot. A little, kind of plant a little, thing little pine boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. How do we get from arboretum to boys? This podcast, that was I just all don't, know. I don't <laughs> know. We just, we just ad lib a lot. Maddie, you're going to have to save us here. And so I... We are, I think we'll launch in here and a little bit into the discussion of producer grants, because I know I'll speak for myself and I think everyone else to say that there are producers. One of the first questions they come in is they're new or they're trying to get into a new enterprise. They say, is there money for that? Is there a grant for that? Is there grants that I can, you know, can I just ask, uh, mm-hmm. put a put a quick email in to Uncle Sam and they'll just send me a check to buy this farm and the tractors and everything else that I'll need totally. for it? And so I guess what's Absolutely. when people are interested and they come to KCARD or they approach KCARD and they say they're interested in that kind of thing, what is the onboarding process? What's the resources that you have? Do you have resources available? Summary documents of all the things that are out there, the different grants that people can go and look and, and take a look at. What? How would you tell, tell, how would you respond to somebody asking that kind of thing? Yeah, great question. So we get that a lot um, to nobody's <laughs> surprise. So the first thing that we kind of do is encourage them to think about it more specifically. You know, what are you looking for funding for? What's the specific project? Do you have an amount in mind? And also realize that there may or may not be opportunities out there for that. We definitely do have some resources. Um, We have a grant facilitation program where kind of all of this plays into that. So we have a page on our website where we try to keep up with the active grants out in the world and break down that difficult language into here's what it's for, here's who can apply, here's how much, just to give an idea of what's even out there. We also have a monthly newsletter that goes out with upcoming grant deadlines and things that have recently been announced. So um, I would encourage you to sign up for that if you're interested in grants. Is that, is that Funding Matters? That is Funding Matters. Yeah, that's the name of it. I like that. That newsletter lot. has saved my butt more than one time, Maddie. Popping. So thank you for putting that out because it is read, at least by me. <laughs> <laughs> great to hear. Yeah. I, I noticed on your resources page and that that link it looks like is uh, the first thing under the resources is your facilitation program. Is that how uh, folks sign up for the funding matters you said? Yeah, so uh, they K-Card? can. Yeah. yeah, so people can just reach out to us and let them know that. 
uh, let us know that you want to mm-hmm. sign up for it. And there's also a form on our website as well where you can directly yeah. sign up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I refer a ton of people to that page in particular that you just now referenced, that it starts out with the facilitation program, then goes into areas like FSA, conservation service, and on and on. And uh, I usually, when people come to the office, that's one of the first pages that I mention to them. If they just have general questions and they've not really narrowed down their focus, uh, you other guys, do you guys get calls like that? And you too, Maddie. When, when folks come to you, do they have a narrow focus or are they more just testing ideals? Like what's the common scenario there? It seems like when they stop by our office, we have more that just are looking in general. They don't have specific things narrowed down. Yeah, that's definitely, I think, what we find as well. You know, a lot of the time it's I've heard in the general world that there's grants out there. Maybe they saw Free money. Yeah, free money, of course. We all want that, right? (laughs) Oh, we all want that. There is nothing wrong with that. Free money is good. (laughs) If it it exists, I'm not for sure that free, free, free money exists too often, but yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things I wanted to to ask or bring up is the, the perception that there's sort of like there's money available to for everything. There's just money out there. I'm flashing back to that guy with the question marks all over his suit that used to sell books on late night TV about there's free government money out there and everybody's not, not (laughs) picking up on it. And like, I I think a lot of times folks are are frustrated because I have to give the answer or say, or, or pass it off to K card sometimes to say, well, no, there's not just money straight up available for you to buy a farm, you know, for you to buy that big, nice new, Kubota, John Deere, uh, Massey Ferguson, whatever tractor. There's not necessarily straight up money grants available for that kind of thing. Now, the broader conversation of funding, I think it opens up opportunities for things like lower interest loans or other types of programs like that. But Maddie, am I off base here to say that sometimes you ha- the funding isn't quite as carte blanche, whatever you need, there's free money available for that? Is that kind of the conversations you all have to have? Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Like I said, a lot of the time when we get questions, it's just, I've heard there's grant money out there. I want some of that. And it's not quite that easy, unfortunately. These grant programs are very specific, typically, as to what they will fund. Sometimes it may be equipment, but often not. It's essentially never land purchases. So, That's why often if you can come to us and already have an idea of what you're looking for, what you're looking for funding for, we can really make that process easier on you, especially. I'm glad you made that point, Maddie. We get that question a lot through uh, county offices, it seems like, is, you know, we'll get the question, well, is there any money for land? And I always tell them not that there's certain classifications of things that I don't see money available for and that's one of them so yeah that's a great comment when people come in looking for that if they've never looked at grants before so they don't know 
that's the first point of realization is what is typically available and what is not. seems like that's a really good jumping off point when I, you know, discuss with people since I don't know a lot about in some cases the specific grants, but I do know, you know, the basics like that. Yeah. And then there's grants versus loans. And I think we're mostly talking about grants today, but there are some loans, you know, low interest through FSA Mm -hmm. and and different things like that. And you all kind of can help people guide them to the right area, depending on what they're coming to you for. Is that right? Maddie? Yes. So we definitely try to work very one-on-one. And, you know, if you come to us with a specific idea, or even if you don't have a specific idea, we can kind of help you narrow that down and then really help guide to the right program, whether that be a loan, a grant, and then really help along with that process. Did we... Kind of formally, I think sometimes we take advantage of an extension knowing what K-Card is. But for our listeners out there, Maddie, can can you give us your elevator speech for what K-Card does? I mean, you all do so many things, but what's what's the down and dirty? Of course. So in a nutshell, K-Card, the Kentucky Center for Agriculture and Rural Development, often referred to as K-Card because we do love our acronyms in the ag world. (laughs) Oh, yes, we do too. In a nutshell, we focus on helping agribusinesses with business development. So that can be anything from working on a more formal business plan, which is key, going back to the grant conversation and loans. That is often key for those programs. Um, We can help look at financials, just connect to general resources, um, refer to other organizations and partners within the state if we may not be the best one to work with in that particular situation. And then we also have a couple more specialized programs, such as the AgVets program, um, which helps connect veterans to opportunities in the ag world. And then we have a local food program as well, where we can help um, connect growers and buyers of local food. You mentioned business plan. That's interesting to me. Uh, Is that a requirement for a lot of programs that you guys see? Is that a good starting point for a lot of those programs is a business plan? And it sounds like you guys have services available to help out with that. Yes. So often, especially if it's a substantial grant or loan program, Mm -hmm. a business plan will be required just to show that you've thought through the project is going to be beneficial and bring additional revenue to the farm. Even if it's not required for that particular program, it's still a good idea because you really need to think through all of the key components of the business and really think about where you're at, if that's right for you at this moment. And um, we do have services to help with that. We have a team of business development that can help with the business plan and ask those key questions that need to be on there. And then we also can help tailor the business plan to what the purpose of it is. Yeah, that's an awesome resource. And and I know for those of us, particularly in the horticulture world, a lot of times we've joked before that we're kind of on the, we're a fringe case in horticulture. A lot of times we're trying different things. I mean, uh, there's uh, folks here in this room on this podcast from the Center of Crop Diversi- Diversification. So you're oftentimes trying things that uh, may be on the edge of things and 
you know, maybe that may be one of the things that you really need to start with. It sounds like as a business plan. So that service to me, particularly in horticulture and agriculture as well, in any endeavor that you're undertaking, but particularly in horticulture, that's an awesome service because I work with a lot of people that haven't thought to that level yet. Even if they've sold in the farmer's market for a couple of years, they've maybe never looked for a grant or never had any occasion to develop a true business plan and looked at budgets and all the other components that go into a business plan. So that's exciting. That's an awesome resource. It really is. It's great. Yeah. I think one of the things sometimes people uh, don't recognize or aren't familiar with is that the grant world for the most part, it's not a matter of, I would like that money. And they say, okay, here it is. It's a competitive process. And so to make yourself competitive, if you think back to, you know, if you applied to college or you apply to a job or whatever, you aren't just going to say, hey, I'd like that job, please. Or I'd like to be admitted to that college, please. You're going to have to, on some level, explain how and why you you should be there. Or in this case, you should receive the funds. Now, there is, uh, the way I said it earlier I was talking, explaining to Maddie the the uh, w- room she's walking into. One of the things <laughs> I said was the there's grants and then there's grants and there's variable levels of commitment and reporting and everything like that. And so, Maddie, do you all have uh, in Kentucky, for instance, or maybe even more more generally, do you all have? Are there particular things that you all steer people to if they're beginners or they have particular interests that aren't quite as uh, as arduous and then on the flip side are there some of them that are bigger money bigger competitiveness is, is there a spectrum there and and how do you all kind of walk through walk people through that or orient them to that that spectrum definitely so that's something that we kind of try to gauge in those first couple conversations so if you're just starting out really kind of just needing some startup maybe smaller equipment things like that Uh, fencing. There are some smaller, maybe statewide or even local programs out there. Uh, For example, the county ag investment program is one that we refer people to a lot. And um, for that, you know, you typically just go to your local extension office. It's a smaller, uh, still important, but smaller and less arduous program. And then, you know, you can go from that all the way to you've been in business quite a few years. You're needing some more substantial work in capital, maybe to expand, whether that's your customer base or, you know, add a completely new product. Maybe you consider the USDA value added producer grant, which is actually open right now and uh, closes on May 16th. And the application process for that is pretty intense. We typically tell people, you know, consider 60 to 80 hours of work on the application process itself. So, yeah, that's a pretty, pretty big program. And then after you get the grant, um, your work is not done. There's lots of paperwork, lots of reporting. So that's something else to consider when it comes to applying for grant programs is how long are you willing to stay committed to this? Are you willing to, after you receive the grant, you know, work on these reports, keep all of your receipts, really keep up with your records? Because of course, in the ag world, we're all great at keeping records, right? (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. Everyone loves records. Uh, record keeping. I remember that was one of uh, my first programs I ever did in Extension was, I think, Dairy Record Keeping. And it was a great program with uh, some economists from UK. We we were ready for the big crowds and we did not get it because I did not understand as a brand new Extension agent that maybe people are passionate about record keeping, even though it's very important. It, <laughs> it is an important aspect. So yeah, that is a, that's a great point. I, I was looking down, uh, Maddie, uh, some of the resources on K card and it's a great mixture. It looks like of, uh, as you mentioned of, uh, county programs that looks like they're smaller. And then there's the state level programs. I see a lot of state programs on here, like KSU, Grow Appalachia, SOAR, and some other programs. And then you guys go all the way up and you do a good job listing those federal programs. And some of those federal programs look like they're bigger, more expansive programs. That'll take a little bit more, looks like maybe time and commitment. Uh, but a good variety of resources you guys have listed. listed. One thing I feel like I, I have to mention, because I deal with this uh, as, as a county agent, that we you, Maddie, you mentioned the CAPE funding, which is mo how most people know it, CAPE funding, County Agriculture Improvement. And those are available to horticulture. So I think historically they have only um, only agriculture, and I mean agriculture as in most of the time it's like cattle, corn, soybean. People have applied for it. That is available to you in horticulture. All you need is a farm number uh, and you can get one of those from your FSA office if you can show that you're producing a crop. Uh, and so I just, I just want to point that out because I think a lot of the time people think, at least in my county, people think that that is not applicable to them because it has historically only been ag producers that have applied and, and received that. But I think the Kentucky Department of Agriculture is really hoping for more horticulture enterprises to start getting awarded that. So just a little, little slide in there I got for you. And for any for any of our listeners outside the state of Kentucky, uh, that, that CAPE money comes from what we call Ag Development Board money, Ag Development Funding. Mm -hmm. And so it is from originally from the tobacco settlement period. And so that may not be available in your state. This is a, that's a very Kentucky specific thing of the way that that money has been invested. But it's, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a really great program that we have available. And you mentioned the horticulture producers as I mean, there was a, a point where there was some thought that maybe horticulture would be the heir apparent to tobacco in the state as far as diversified labor intensive production, of course, the markets and for those things are very, very different. And so it hasn't gone necessarily exactly according to that plan. But just just in case there's anybody out there saying, well, I'm in Georgia, how do I get access to those Cape funds? Well, <laughs> you, you may not may not have those uh, available to you, but they are they are available here. And I just want to re, you know recap what Maddie said just a second ago because I think it is important to explore those local and statewide grant mm -hmm. programs as you're getting started a little bit of a simpler kind of process and it might be a good good starting point and then over time as you build your business as you develop and and revise your business plan you might consider some of those some of those federal level grant programs, the value added producer pro uh, programs and the other local food related programs that might be of, of benefit. Um, I think my my Internet was choppy, so I just wanted to make sure we got that audio out clearly uh, that 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 and all of that whole network, that whole range of things is uh, Maddie can contribute and uh, KCARD can help you figure that stuff out. 
Alexis, you have more more kind of questions from the producer agent side of things? Yeah. So I think that a lot of time people think they have to have it all together before they go visit KCARD or visit even an extension office. Uh, so, you know, what what do people have to have when they come to you? What they, they have to absolutely have? What can you, and you hit on this a little bit, what you can help them with. But uh, I think there's, a, there's an intimidation factor that people feel like they don't know what they're doing, so they can't go to the people who can teach them how to do things. So it's kind of a catch-22. So talk to us a little bit about, okay, I'm a new grower. I bought a farm. Uh, I'm trying to, to start fresh. What do I do, Maddie? Yeah, so truly all that anyone needs to contact us is a way to contact us. There's no right or wrong time, honestly. And that's another reason that we try to work very one-on-one with producers because you need different things. If you've been in the business for 10 years, you might need something different than somebody who's just starting out. So even if that doesn't look like a business plan, you know, maybe it's general advice or just listening. Sometimes um, it's good to talk to us just to get our input on things. So, like I said, there really is no wrong time because we do really tailor our work with producers to what they need at that point in time. So what you're saying is you could have been in business for 10 years or you could be someone who has never sold some, you know, a plant product product in general. And both of those people can get help from KCARD. Yeah, so at any point, even if it's just something that you're thinking about starting, you know, you don't really know how to go about it, we can help at any point. Oftentimes, that's kind of working through, even if not a more formal business plan, at least pieces of it, to think about who your competitors might be, you know, if you have the funds to commit to this what that's going to look like. You said something, I'll go back to first base on this conversation. Uh, And I think it's an important distinction to make because it comes up from time to time. Most people have an understanding that most of these programs, uh, whether loans or grants or other programs are geared towards commercial production, production for profit. Every now and again, we get folks in that have some sort of recreational ideal and they're looking for funding sources. Is that correct, Maddie, that most of these programs are uh, more on the commercial end of things? Yeah, I would say so. Funders typically want to see some amount of, you know, revenue generation in the product and the um, producers that they invest in. So that is typically the case. And that's another reason that working with us on your business plan and financials can be important just to have that that backup whenever you do complete your application. To me, when people start to explore this, they're getting usually more serious and they may be brand new people or uh, folks that are looking to level up. But I find that people, uh, as I talk with people that have applied for either state or federal programs before, they say one of the things that helps them is that quality of being able to look forward into the future and plan ahead a little bit. Because some of these programs, 
they run on certain cycles. I don't know if you have any common cycles that these, uh, whether it's a, a calendar year or a federal year, uh, you guys, anybody in the podcast today, uh, especially you, Maddie, but what, what's some of the t- typical funding cycles for these programs, whether calendar or other? Yeah, so there's some programs that are pretty reliable year by year. I would say some of the USDA programs like the Value Added Producer Grant, you'll be looking for every year in the spring. And then some programs that we've seen in recent years have been the result of pandemic and, you know, some funds dedicated to that. So some of those we may not see again, but yeah, a lot of those USDA programs that we see so often you would be looking for in the spring. Got you. So that's a good, good, good place to look forward to probably in a little in advance too, uh, just to prepare yourself and your documents and your mindset and do all the other preparations. If you're going to involve yourself with these things, sounds like. Yeah. There's a couple of grants that I work. So I work with, in addition to the center for crop diversification, I also work with the sustainable ag research and education program, SARE, which is a part of uh, USDA and the Southern SARE region, which Kentucky's a part of, there's other regions, every state in the country in the country is a part of a region, but they have producer grants and on-farm grants, which are kind of for doing some on-farm research. And it depends on who's leading it and how it's structured, but their, their deadlines are kind of all over the place. I think one of them is mm. in December, oh, the other one's in June, and they have other ones as well that are, you know, kind of spring throughout the year. And I, like. I think in their case, they're trying, they have the same the same core people processing all the applications. So they're kind of spreading out the love a little bit mm-hmm. rather than it just being on a fiscal, you know, cycle. So in general, gotcha. I think, yeah, Makes just check sense. in with the program that you have and, and, and make sure, you know, the deadlines and um, yeah. W- one other thing I just wanted to touch on before we get, uh, move on to some, I know Josh had a couple of questions um, is about the farm number thing. Uh, Alexis, we, you and I have been talking a little bit about farm numbers and getting some clarification Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll be the one who goes out on the limb to say that my understanding is that the the former requirement of 10 acres, which I think existed, I don't know how long ago, not that long ago, I believe has been adjusted to the point mm-hmm. where to get a farm number, which is a key, it's sort of like your... your it's kind of like your social security, but for your farm business. Yeah, that that is often Specifically a Specifically farm business business in this case mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. uh yeah i think my my understanding and again i'm also feeling a little bit like i'm going out on the limb and the people who will know are at your fsa office so if you want clarification please find your local fsa office for anybody in the u.s you have one but the i think you can have a farm number like if you're maybe not doing a business uh, you know you can still get a farm number if you have a certain amount of acreage. And that's, I think, for like tax purposes, Schedule Fs, things like that. But if you're smaller than 10 acres and you're doing business, which a lot of people in horticulture production are because, mm-hmm. you know, an acre of intensive vegetable production is a lot of vegetables. Uh, and you just have to show that you have sold, I think it's like $1,000 or- $1,000 worth name. of income, I believe. Yeah, $1,000 right. worth of uh, income. Maddie, feel free to jump in and correct us if we, if we say anything yes, please, wrong Maddie. here. But uh, <laughs> It's a it's kind of a prerequisite thing. It's like getting registered to be able to access some programs or certain programs mm-hmm. and insurance programs, grants. 
loans, et cetera, that are going to require you to have a farm number. And so if you've been putting off, putting that off, that's just another thing to consider. And it's really easy to get like, I mean, I just got one a couple years ago and it's, it took, you know, like a sheet of paper and 10 minutes at the office kind of thing. Cause they actually already have your plot of land probably like on file somewhere and they're just waiting for you to come claim your number, so to speak. Yeah. Oh, and you need your deed. So I guess there's that. Indeed. <laughs> I was waiting for it, Brett. We were waiting for it. We were waiting for it. Just when I took out the sound effect for drums, I missed that. And we're gonna have to put that back in. I thought, I thought it stood on its own. You know, we didn't um, need any. It really did. It needed no <laughs> accentuation at all. None at all. None at all. Uh, so, Maddie, I had a question. Um, are there fees associated with using K card services? Oh, oh. So the vast majority of K-Card services are completely free to access. Um, we are funded by some different programs from USDA, Kentucky Ag Development Board, things like that. So the majority of the work that we do, such as, you know, that typical business planning and things like that, and the grant facilitation program are completely free. Oh, that's great. I also noticed uh, on your resources, you know, it looks like aside from just working with individual growers, you do work with groups, like whether it's the kind of helping a group of people come together and develop a, a co-op or a cooperative. But I was also kind of curious about, do you help facilitate or help organizations within counties? Like, let's say, for example, you know, say a conservation district is looking at acquiring a new piece of equipment that they can use in the kind of shared equipment program. Do you do you help groups within counties come together and kind of apply for those funds or do you have a role in that sort of coming together of people to, to access state funds? Yeah, so oftentimes the grant applications that we help with are producers, but we can also help other programs in the state, other organizations with those applications as well. It's pretty diverse as to what that can look like. And we also do some work with like farmers markets across the state. And like you said, we are the um, cooperative Development Center in the state as well. Uh, so yeah, I mean, all of that to say that our work is very diverse and really just applies to what the situation calls for. Sure, that's really neat. I have my own um, little like thought for those of you listening. Uh, I think I think it's easy to say, well, I want to get a grant or can I find some money to buy this or, you know, install this or something like that. Uh, and those are very, you know, there's smaller ones available, there's larger ones available, but there's a lot of people doing those. And so if you're, you know, maybe looking for help getting some plants in or something like that, look at a research grant and you don't have to be, you know, an expert researcher. You just have to be someone who is good at taking records, you know, just saying, you know, how much you harvested or when you did applications. And a lot of those things you have to do anyways for pesticide license, organic, uh, you know, all kinds of things like that. But 
look into those research things. Uh, and you know, if it's something that can help someone else in the future, a new variety comparing them, or, uh, you know, I was looking at some native plantings and using them as cuts. You know, there's various things that if it's something you're interested in, but you'd be taking a risk, maybe doing it, you could probably apply for some research funding. And I think that those are, I don't want to say they're easy to get, but not every buddy's going to apply for them in the same way of just someone saying, oh, can I get $500 for this bush hog sort of thing? Would you all, I mean, Brett, you dabble with the Sayers, not dabble. You're very involved with the Sayers stuff. Would you say that's- He messes around with it. He dabbles. He dabbles. piddles around. I dabble with the Sayer programming a little bit. (laughs) I get into this passion project. Yeah, I would say that those programs are they're, they're sometimes harder to for for anyone reasonable to wrap their head around exactly how this is supposed to work because it's like mm-hmm. I want to do a thing and I want money to do the thing. That mm-hmm. why is this complicated and the way that those things <laughs> are phrased and framed mm-hmm. is typically that there's a problem that you may be facing that others may be facing as well. And so what we would like for you to do is to conduct the the assessment of this thing in a way that will help others to learn from the lesson that you're figuring out. And so that can be things like putting cover crops in an orchard, you know, using some ground cover in an orchard or something like that. It could be different biological approaches to collect, to um, controlling mites in bee colonies. It could be, like you mentioned, kind of comparing different varieties or different systems and approaches for saving. In the the case of SARE, it's sustainability related in some way, which it's a pretty broad brush. But I do agree if you can figure out the way that you can make a research program that's actually answering some real questions and it can actually, it can end up covering some components of what you were maybe planning to do anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. And as you very astutely mentioned, it's a way to take some of the risk, the financial risk and sting out of trying something new. With in, in horticulture, we've got a million and one different angles for doing trying something new uh, <laughs> because we have so many different systems and crops and market channels and everything else, which we'll talk about market channels in the next episode. Maybe uh, we'll see. Uh, if you're lucky. If you're all, <laughs> you never know what you're group where we're going yeah, next. You all are good. I like this conversation today. I know that we have probably had, we do have listeners outside of the state. I know that KCARD, uh, Maddie, is primarily, it sounds like a Kentucky-focused organization, but a lot of the programs that you have discussed today, I've noticed they're nationwide programs. So even if you're not in the state, there may be uh, other organizations uh, there's definitely programs that you can work with. But Maddie, do you know if there's other organizations like yourselves that are based in other states or outside of Kentucky, or are you guys just a unique one-off operation? Yeah, so I'm sure there are. I know there are some other, you know, cooperative development centers across the country as well. Okay. And if anybody ever reaches out to us that's not in Kentucky, you know, we're not going to just completely write them off. You know, one of the things yeah, that I, we I focus wondered how on, you dealt with that. Yeah, so one of the things that we focus on is, you know, helping people connect to the right people. So even if that's not us, because we do focus on, you know, businesses in the state, we can help make those connections and provide any of our resources that might be helpful. Yeah, it's good to hear. Great. 
Yeah, there there are definitely other organizations, not just because KCARD works with the cooperatives. Those cooperative development centers function differently in different states. Um, I I end up in a lot of different states talking about uh, some of this stuff. And so it could be, don't assume that the cooperative development center in your area does everything the same that KCARD does, but Mm -hmm. there may be other parallel organizations that uh, that do offer support in similar ways. Now, I would like to say nobody's quite as good as K-Card. But, so, sorry. You know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Kentucky I'm a Kentucky boy. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I always want to be a Kentucky boy. And he brings back the boy. Yeah, a bald, a bald, bald Kentucky pine boy. And so I got my Kentucky pride and my K-Card pride. And we got some Monroe County pride in the house as well. Go Falcons. Uh, but... There are a lot of great organizations doing this kind of support work. And I think that's a great point, Ray, that just because you're not here doesn't mean you can't go and piggyback on a lot of the resources that KCARD's put together, uh, about, especially about federal programs and, and mm-hmm. general advice on, on getting ready to do grants. But, uh, yeah, we, I just wanted to say KCARD's rep in Kentucky hard. I'm just really encouraged from what I'm hearing from you all today, and especially you, Maddie, that I don't have to have all of my thoughts put together. I can just call you up and even if I don't have a business plan, you offer those services and you can kind of help me get started. Uh, and, and that's something we see sometimes. People are afraid to approach organizations like yours because they feel like they've not thought through the process enough. But it sounds like that's not the case. You can folks can call you up and you will help them think through the process. Yeah, that's very true. Um, like I said, there's no wrong time to contact us. And, you know, we don't expect you to have all of the answers and it's totally okay if you don't. Even as we work together, there may be some things that are still questions. And as you work on a business plan, if that's right for you, it's important to remember that that is a living document. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you may decide your goals for year one are whatever they are. But as you go along in the business, you might find you're far surpassing those or maybe, you know, some things have happened and those aren't quite attainable or you may completely change the focus of your business. So it's important to remember that, you know, anything that you work on as far as a business plan or anything, it's it's totally changeable and, you know, it's whatever your business needs. Well, Maddie, is there anything else about KCARD that we, we want to know? Anything about the grants world that we want to know that we haven't touched on yet? I would just say, again, you know, you feel free to contact us with any questions, you know, at any point in the life of your business, and we're happy to help. If you want to just kind of get some information, we do have some newsletters. We've got Funding Matters, uh, the funding one that I mentioned and then we have a general just K-Card newsletter with information on, you know, some educational opportunities. And on our website, we have some blog posts about a wide variety of topics that we get questions about pretty often. So if you want to just, you know, do some light reading, you know, maybe go check that out. <laughs> awesome. Well, let me let me see if I can recap here what what, what I think we've learned today. So I think first and foremost good business planning, good thinking critically about what your business is, what your goals are as a business before you start jumping into the grant world is always a good place to start having a sound plan to work off of. From there, 
making sure if you are going to th- explore the grant world, go ahead and get your ducks in a row on things like having a farm number, on things like being able to communicate clearly about what your business plan is to others, being able to project for yourself and others what that looks like. If you're just starting out or you're just looking to dip your toe, you might take a look at some local, regional, and state opportunities for funding. Uh, don't write off the the loan programs and other things that may be a better fit for what the type of money is that you need at the, at the moment. As you're taking bigger steps and looking toward maybe more ambitious growth in your business, you might consider some of the big federal programs. You might consider some of the more competitive opportunities. And in those cases, it's even more important to have that clear business plan, clear objectives. And I think something we haven't really exactly mentioned, but having a clear plan for actually delivering on all the reporting and all of the work that goes mm-hmm. into the grant itself. Um, that's something that that you need to, to be aware of. And if you're in Kentucky, you can go to KCARD and you can say, please help. <laughs> But if you're not in Kentucky, you can go to kcard.info, which is their website, and you can check out some of the resources that they have available uh, to get started in in narrowing down, okay, this is the thing I want to go after. But in general, if you've heard, there's a ton of money out there and it's just going to waste and all you have to do is stick your hand up and they'll give it to you, you're not missing out on those kinds of opportunities. That's That's not exactly happening here. But there are ways for you to supplement and get some support from Uncle Sam and whatever the anthropomorphized version of Kentucky or your state is to, to support your, uh, your work, but it has to be a good fit and it has to fit with the program and you have to have your ducks in a row. Does that sound like a pretty decent summary of some of the, the stuff we've talked about today? I think so. Nailed it. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Maddie. We really appreciate you taking the time to join us and we'll uh, make sure to put all your contact information in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you all for being with us today Uh, and follow us on Instagram at Hort Culture Podcast. Uh, I am trying to keep more up on that and posting some fun stuff on there. So please go follow it. So I feel like I'm doing something. I appreciate you. Uh, And as we grow this podcast, we hope you grow with us. Join us each next week, each week, and of course, next week on uh, talking about some marketing channels. So thank you all so much and have a great one.